Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched The Maze Runner, directed by Wes Ball and released in 2014. The plot goes something like this. Thomas is deposited in a community of boys after his memory is erased, soon learning they're all trapped in a maze that will require him to join forces with fellow runners for a shot at escape. So uh, Thomas is played by Dylan O'Brien, who is someone that I know from Teen Wolf, which I really like. Mm. And which you, I think, watched like an episode of or I've something. I've never even watched an episode. All okay. I know, I know a little bit about Teen Wolf from Tumblr. So the word I know is Haleb. That is all I know. H- Haleb? Hannah and Caleb. That's not Teen Wolf. Isn't it? Nope. Well, what's that then? I don't know. Okay. Well, te- what I know of Teen Wolf, I know from Tumblr, which is not much. Clearly. <laughs> you thought that that, that no. I, I don't even know what Haleb is from. <laughs> now, never, I need no to idea. Google ship names here. Oh, Pretty Little Liars is what Haleb is from. There you go. Okay, so, so Dylan O'Brien he's plays- He's in Teen Wolf. Is he the Teen Wolf? No, he's not the Teen Wolf. Okay. He is the Teen Wolf's best friend. Okay. Is he so, a wolf of any kind? No, he isn't. Okay, he's At, at one point, he was uh, possessed by a fox spirit, but now he's okay. Right. <laughs> and that's why- that, And then he did this movie. Yeah. In which he is- Actually, he did that before he got possessed by the fox spirit because uh, there was something like two seasons of this show, and then suddenly in the break between seasons two and season three, Styles got buff and suddenly didn't look like a teenage boy and I'm, anymore. I'm guessing he got buff for this movie, which is yeah. basically like a homosocial delight. I don't know. It's all men all the time. Lots of men, lots of muscles, so many boys. Men is really pushing it. Like the boys in this, some most of the boys in this are boys. I don't know. They're just boys everywhere. I got bored. There was, and they they threw a girl into it. But why were there no girls in the first place? I do believe that that is something that is answered later later on, on in another. Okay, because it seems so, really weird, especially in the whole context of the world is dying, but these guys can survive. Yeah. So they had a group. They had to. Uh, this is spoilers for future movies now. If if you answer them to my satisfaction, I might like this movie more because it, that was kind of something. There's that two me off. different groups of experiments going on. Okay, one one is an experiment on the boys, and another is an experiment on the girls. Okay, but there's a separate group of girls. Okay, I'm, who, I, I feel better yeah, now. So okay. they they just split them up for the and experiment. So this is the first book in a series. It's probably to stop them all from having sex and making babies. Yeah, although like, you think eventually you'd want them to have sex and make babies. No, 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 because the idea wasn't to have this – this wasn't a colony that they were building or anything. It's an experiment to see how their brains work in order to develop a cure for the disease. But these guys are immune to the disease, so wouldn't they pass yes. that immunity on to any offspring? I, I don't know. It's but to they try and save wait. the old people. Okay they, okay. they were testing their brains, which is why they gave them the disease every – like with the okay. stingers yep. to see what would happen. Okay. Like I think – it's sort of unclear, but I, I'm pretty sure they, um, Patricia Clarkson specifically says that they're developing a, di- a cure for the disease, and that's why they're doing these experiments right. okay. on the kids. Okay, okay. I was would, was thinking that it would be in their interests to pr- propagate the species, but maybe yes, it, I'm it sure isn't. they. But I'm sure at some point that's okay, the, so the plan. But this, until that point, they want to try and solve the. So I have more questions about the book. Um, is this you've never you've never read it either? But no. so there's is this the only book that's out, or is there no, are they all out? There's, Three. Okay. So far, apparently Thomas gets more interesting. Uh, Thomas being the um the lead guy, right? Yeah, the lead guy. See, it, it, much like Dave of the Planet of the Apes, uh, he was like Josh of the 
maze to me because I could never remember his name. So I, he was like Josh in my head. I don't See, know. See, I just. Even my... though they say Thomas all the time. <laughs> yeah. Until you said it now. And I saw it, what, two, three nights ago? And you've just said it now. I'm like, Thomas, which one was he again? <laughs> um, in my head, I was just Styles. Yeah, well, I don't or know. Or frequently, poor baby Styles. Styles is also a much more interesting character. I, I feel like I was frustrated with this movie in terms of being a Dylan O'Brien fan mm. and this being sort of his big breakout because he is the best thing on Teen Wolf. I know I'm going to get in trouble for that because people like other people and, you know, the lead is Tyler Posey, who is uh, um, a Hispanic kid, which is really terrific. He's not as good an actor as Dylan O'Brien. I've heard the name Tyler Posey, but I don't know why. He's lovely. He's gotten a lot better over the course of the show, but, like, from the beginning, Dylan O'Brien was really the breakout. And so he is now, like, getting this this opportunity and this is what they give him to do like in 90% of the movie he just reacts to being confused mm. you know like there's not a lot of things that they give him to well, do that, that's why he was I was like he was Josh in my head because he was so generic well the thing is <laughs> it's that's because his name was Josh his name was Josh because he's generic it doesn't like tally in my head well they, um, basically it meant I couldn't remember his name so I gave him a name that seemed suited to a generic white man of that age white kid of that age yeah I think he sort of got, gets to break out a little bit towards the end, especially, mm. by the way, guys, spoilers, don't listen to the podcast if you haven't seen the movie and you want to. Um, when Chuck dies yeah. is really when he sort of starts really breaking out a bit because that was really effective. I've forgotten his name was Chuck. I was just referring to him as the kid from the Goonies. <laughs> Chunk. Chunk, yeah, basically. <laughs> I thought it was – it's him crossed with Piggy from Lord of the Flies. Well, yeah. By that, which I, I think um, is... this movie, uh, the book is heavily influenced by. I did start reading an interview with the writer of the book, and he's heavily influenced by Lord of the Flies, to nobody's surprise who's seen this. No, but the thing that gets me, and it's really interesting, I read a while ago about Lord of the Flies that the guy who wrote it was specifically writing about how spoiled rich boys, which is who crashed in yep, Lord of the yep, Flies, yep. are secretly savages yes. and how they're really violent and awful and how they would be worse than regular people. Mm. So it actually, like the way that we think of the Lord of the Flies is entirely wrong, basically, because mm. we think of Lord of the Flies as like, oh, any group of boys, if they were put together, would act like this. This is what boys no, are like. It's rich boys. And that's completely not the point. And then this movie is basically similar, saying mm. this is what boys would act like if they were by themselves. They but do does set it up say a society. privileged boys or does it say regular? Like it, does, it doesn't well, seem clear to me. It doesn't matter. They don't remember who they are anyway. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter whether they were privileged or not before they came in. Yeah. They don't remember anything. Allegedly. What do you mean? Well, I don't know if it's going to keep stay that way or if per perhaps some of what they did beforehand reflects in their characters even though they don't consciously remember it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, the, the I think – I think that's. I think the point of the movie is not that that's the case, especially since Thomas, because Thomas was working with those guys, yep. but then when he goes in and he loses his memory, he decides to work with the guys in the maze. Right. And he wants to help them and save them. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean that his personality isn't, like, it, there aren't parts of his personality that start to come through the longer he's inside, you know what I mean? Like, he might not remember, he, he might not be on the same side that he was, but it could be the same kind of personality coming through. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a nature versus nurture question that didn't really get answered in the movie. No. Um, like, I don't, I don't know if that was the point of the movie either. No, I'm I think just it was more about how people work together and stuff. So, yeah, I was, I was kind of sad that Dylan O'Brien, who is very talented as far, I mean, in, in my eyes, he's very talented. And I would love to show you some 
really good Styles stuff so you can see just how good he is. But the thing is, Styles is so expressive and Thomas was so contained. Like, That's very it, true. He was so, like, everything that he did, like, it came across a lot in his physicality, I mm. think. Like, when you see him run, every time he runs, he's, like, racing somebody. Um, There's all this kind of flinging those long, skinny limbs around and stuff that he kind of does. Mm. But his face is not as expressive as it is. And he, he doesn't get as much emotional work to do. I still think he was one of the better actors in the movie, along with, I thought, um, Key Oh, Hong, Baby Matt Damon, yeah. Ba- baby Matt Damon. Will Poulter, who is British, who plays sort of the antagonist kid, Gally, who, by the way, I thought had a point through the whole movie. Will Poulter did this flawless American accent too. Like, he was terrific. Which really showed up the only girl in the movie who is English, but they they were trying to make her American, I think. But it's hard to tell because at times she was really British and at times she was kind of trying to do American, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were trying to make her American. She just couldn't do the accent. I actually quite liked the character like mm. there's some moments which you where you're like this is terrific. Like when she's throwing things, she goes up this tower oh, and she, she starts throwing things. And at the Chuck boys. comes running and he's like, "Girls are the best." Yeah. She's chucking things at the boys. I love it. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah. Um, and she like, she's very uh, brave and gung ho, and she mm. doesn't sort of like yeah. wait around for anybody to save her. And she's never, you know, a damsel in the movie or anything. No, they, but she's they also do quite the only well girl. with her. But she's the only girl like this is all about boys i got and patricia first, clarkson and patricia clarkson later on but so the first act though is all boys mm. all you see for the first act is thomas arriving at this place and the whole boy society until she arrives at the beginning of the second act and then we see patricia clarkson in flashbacks later before on. Teresa. Before Teresa arrives, we, we see Teresa and Patricia Clarkson, yeah. clarkson in flashback yeah but that's that's it yeah like his flashbacks that he's having all boys all the time. I was getting bored. I was like, oh, it's all boys. Why are they all boys? I'm bored. Boys are boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, I was frustrated. Like, I, I I, think finding out afterwards that there was, in fact, like a separate group of girls, even though I don't know why they couldn't have focused on that. Like, it, it is boring. And I have this niggling worry in the back of my mind that they're trying to usurp YA for boys like they've gone, oh, it's like making yes. so much money with girls. Like there's a huge crossover between for for Hunger Games for boy like male viewership. But mm. I think that what they're trying to do is like, well, we want to get teenage boys into this. We want boys. We don't want girls. So mm. it, like Ender's Game and Maze Runner and The Giver, which is out now, all, are all YA starring boys. Are they? Because they I, know, I know that girls will go to boy movie starring yeah, boys but like but the other way around won't happen but although except happen. that boys go to the hunger games so heaps of them do I, I see the giver is by lois lowry so i just assumed it was a female lead because i read i read heaps of her stuff when i was a kid and it was all female led i didn't realize that the giver wasn't the giver isn't i think it's really worrying that this is the trend again um i don't want them to use ya for boys well, yeah it's like, like this they is started, what girls have mm, they started making like cheap little movies that were have done huge in terms of money for, and they're aimed at girls. And so now now that they know that it's a money spinner, they're like, oh, right, let's just put boys in. Because there aren't that many girl spaces. No, we don't have a lot. Especially not for teenage girls. Um, and it is really yeah. – it's a, it's a worry, um, especially since girls will go see this. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, and they, they clearly I, – I've got this – I think they do it on purpose. Like they cast Dylan O'Brien – because he's incredibly appealing for teenage girls. Mm. Um, he, he's the build and that 
yeah. like his face. I mean, and I think Kaya Scodelario is probably appealing for teenage girls too. Mm. She's a particular fandom favorite. As yeah, you, well, she was yeah. a um, a fandom favorite to play Katniss. Thank God she didn't play Katniss. Yeah, that would have been no, a nightmare. She's, she's even now not quite up to the standard of carrying the movie, and that's and she doesn't. This isn't her movie. It's Dylan O'Brien's movie. Yeah, and I think he does like he he's a good anchor for it still mm. even though I was disappointed that they didn't use him enough. Another thing that I was disappointed that they didn't use enough was the maze. Mm, yeah. They spend most of their time in the glade. So they call themselves gladers because there's a glade in the middle of this m- massive maze. Yep, yep. And then they have runners who go into the maze to run the maze to try and get out. Yeah, to map the maze. To map the maze yep. to try and find a way out. And well, uh, yeah, there's cause... a guy called um, Minho, who is played by Ki Hong Lee, who I thought was fantastic, mm, like um, who is the main runner. And I think the difference between them, like, even though um, Minho is also quite reserved, you get the sense that he is reserved because he's been through a lot and, mm. like, he has, you know, been in the maze so many times, he's watched people die and he's he's trying to keep it all kind of inside and he mm. doesn't want to get too close to anybody. Yep. But Thomas is sort of good at breaking through all those kinds of yeah. things and well, actually, not paying attention to yeah, the rules and exactly. stuff. But you raise a really good point because there's a couple of like scary tense scenes in the maze because there's this whole, you can't go in the maze, the maze is, nobody comes out alive, this is terrible. You know, you have to know what you're doing if you're going to go in there. And they could have really used that to ramp up the tension a bit because it all felt kind of, I I never once thought he was in genuine danger. Mm. Our lead. I th- I was never worried that he wouldn't get out, but there are only a couple of scenes where there's a little bit of danger in the maze, and I think they could have definitely ramped that up a lot more. Yeah, and there's also the fact – there's other things too, like, okay, with the Grievers, right, which were the monsters in the maze. Yeah. It's really obvious that they're robots from the minute they show up because they make robot noises. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it's sort of later on there's this moment where it seems like it's a reveal that they're robots because they pull this mechanical – thing out of them yeah and you're like that's not a reveal we know they're robots well, no, I, I, yeah no i didn't i didn't even think that was a reveal but i, I thought it was a reveal in the sense i thought that was going to be a bomb i thought that was going to go off i thought that's what the reveal was i did too um but no it was a key and yeah but that but it mm. i mean it was a reveal for the characters and i feel like it should have been a reveal for us too and it could have been as well yeah also keep the f-ing camera still Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't get a good look at what the Grievers looked like for the first five minutes that they were on screen because the camera's just I shaking. I actually didn't, wasn't bothered by the shaky cam this time. It wasn't. I'm there not, was, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't seem to have that much of a problem with it. I could see what the Grievers look like. They look like the um, Lego spiders from My Hobbit Lego. Yeah, it's like I mean, slightly they don't... mechanical spiders, but I could but see their faces like... had a specific look to them. Oh as yeah, well, like and you don't get had to that, see um, that for a while. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't. They weren't very original. Was my thinking like that? That face was. I want to say it's a little bit J.J. Abrams. Alien. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that. So, um, yeah, but it's it's a bit. I've seen it before. Put it that way, and it didn't yeah. look very original or new. And so I think they were trying to hide that with the camera movement. But I also. There was a lot of shaky cam and stuff early on. Firstly, I didn't get any kind of motion sick, so obviously it didn't bother me that much this time. But I also thought it was really appropriate in certain things. Like when the movie opens with Dylan O'Brien's character coming up in the box and the shaky cam was just perfect for that because he's confused. Mm. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't see everything. He's confused. There's like lots of stuff 
going on and I, I was okay with that because yeah, it suited in, what was going on. In those moments, I didn't mind it. It's only when I want to actually be able to see because it was also really dark because it's night in the maze when, right. the, when you first see all this stuff and I couldn't tell at all. Like when there's a point at which he's up in the trees and then he falls down and he gets the griever all tangled up in vines. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure that out, figure out that was happening until he was running away from it and you saw it in the background tangled up in vines. I like knowing. Oh, I just okay. like I wasn't knowing bothered what by that. I, in action I knew he was going to do something, and then that's how it ended up. I, I don't know. I wasn't. I could sort of see pre- pretty well at what was going on. I couldn't see it at all. Yeah, I wasn't I, bothered by it, but I, I would have liked more of it and more tension. You know? Yeah, the, I mean, there's a lot more tension about around the other characters mm. whether they're going to be okay, and there's a lot of tension because you know Chuck's going to die really early. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just do, don't you? He right? does. No, he does. He hands the, over the little chess man. Oh he my does God. the equivalent of showing the photo of his girlfriend back home. Yeah, right. Like, and also, he's the cute little fat kid with a heart of gold. Yeah, I was more worried about Minho because I was like, oh, the nice Asian one, he's going to die. Which well, there was a bit of a game of kill the black kids. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. So I was a bit worried. See, it didn't bother me too much with with Albie. Yeah. Well, again, um, Albie was a bit like Chuck in that from the very beginning you knew he was going to die because I think he has some kind of heroic speech. Mm. He's, he's the wise black friend. Of course he's doomed. Of course he's doomed. And that was – I mean, that is really – why can't they just make the lead not white? Right. Well, uh, and because like in terms of the, – the ensemble cast was actually quite diverse. Mm. There was a good range of black kids and Asian kids and um, Hispanic kids, all boys, of course, but not, not the lead or the lead villain. No. Or the lead Just the sidekick. Kid. The Asian sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I was just glad he didn't die. I was also glad. I, I, I genuinely think, thought I he was going to die. See, I didn't think Minho was going to, die, going to die because there wasn't any. There weren't any moments that went, he's definitely going to die. Well, yeah, there was no telegraphing the way there was with Albie and... Um, and Chuck. Chuck had total, like, telegraph. That moment several. that he hands over that yeah, statue yeah, the little, and you're like, the are you kidding me? And the thing is, like, because I've watched a few of these YA movies, it's done so much better in Hunger Games with Rue and so much more effectively when Rue dies. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, it doesn't... It's not effective when Chuck dies in this. No, because you're like, ah, well, there it goes. It's it's slightly like he's uh, it's from Galley. Galley's about to shoot Thomas, and Chuck gets in the way. Mm. Um, and it's kind of sad because Galley, I always (laughs) I felt really sympathetic towards Galley the whole time because Galley totally has a point. His point is basically the biggest threat to us is Thomas, and the biggest threat to them is Thomas. As soon as Thomas shows up, they have like. Uh, two of their guys get bitten. One of them die. One of them is grievers attack die. their happy little glade. Yeah, that's afterwards. But like even before that, I was like, he has a point because like Albie um, gets stung, and mm. another one of their friends dies, and like he's the biggest threat to them. Mm. Is Thomas from the very minute he gets there, he starts running. The first day, he wants to go into the maze. And he doesn't have a lot of respect for the fact that they've survived this long with all the rules. He's yeah. like, oh, we have to change them. And I understand that they did have to change them, but the way he goes about it is, like, I understand both of their points of view. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I actually, like, because also Gally was kind of this hero to people, and that all kind of goes away when the new sheen of Thomas comes in, and I just felt really bad for him. I, I, really, yeah. like, I really sort of identified with him. Mm. I didn't so much identify with him because I'm, I am I tend to more of the rebellious nature, but, I, do, I yeah, he had a really good point. I, I mean, I understand the rebelliousness as well, but I understand wanting to protect 
Like what he wanted to do was protect his friends. There's yeah. nothing wrong with I, wanting I just, to protect I also your thought, friends. Though, but but also he turns up and the first thing people tell him is don't go near the maze. It's dangerous. You can't go near the maze. And like of course the first thing he wants to do is go near the maze. And it's interesting because none of the others they specifically say he's curious and none of the others are. Yeah, which and makes like, me him really being curious. I thought that was part of the experiment. Was, yeah, it w- it's sort of also like that. But the way they treat the maze is like you can't, you can't. I know you can't. Like they, there's no, y- you kind of have to show people like you d- you don't have to show them in enti- like what entirely can go wrong but you do need to really explain to people why yeah. exactly the rules are in place well, like that's, that's such then a- they really don't and they just kind of like expect obedience and of course he's not going to obey if you just tell him there's this really dangerous thing and and it's all very suspicious and weird and no, yeah, but that's you can't. such a convenience. Like there were so many things in this movie that was so convenient. You know, like he pushes him out of the way, and then suddenly the big reason why you push him out of the way happens, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But at the same time, they are teenage boys, and they're not sort of. I I don't think that they they're thinking on the next kind of higher level yet. Apart from Albie, Albie's quite yeah. good at next uh, level thinking yeah. um, and higher order thinking, and uh, Albie is very. I thought Albie was very interesting mm-hmm. um, because he is very smart, but he's also a good kind of leader, like, yeah. and he takes control of situations quite well. But and and I really was interested in the interplay with people like. With Newt and Minho and Galley, because Newt, who was played by Thomas Brody Sangster with a British mm. accent, it was interesting to see their interplay because sort of uh, Newt is actually also a really good leader somewhere between Albie and Thomas. Yep. Um, and he takes to Thomas quite well. He's a different kind of lead. I think he was an interesting one because he was like the non-gender conforming boy in that he was quite gentle and artistic and interested in sort of more feminine things. Mm. So I quite liked him, the way that he was actually a very strong leader, even though his interests and strengths headed towards the feminine. Yeah. Because there's, like, really early on, there's this real macho posturing. Like, the first night, Gally, you know, has to fight Thomas. Like, they have to fight physically. Mm. There's a real bo- – that I think I got really bored at that because I was like, I just have no patience for bo- boring macho posturing like that. Again, I kind of – I think Gally – is the kind of – he is someone who uses all of that to prove that he's a good leader or protector and people mm-hmm. already didn't really – like they looked up to Albie instead of him and then Thomas came in and took basically what it was his position and I don't know. I felt yeah. I felt for Gally and I think part of that is because Will Poulter is really good as well. Uh-huh. So you can kind of like relate to him because he – He's a good actor. Oh, he's fantastic. Although there is a wonderful moment when, when he, he says, am I overreacting? And I'm like, no, but your eyebrows are. <laughs> oh, yeah. His eyebrows were weird. There was always like some stuff going on there. He has weird he's, eyebrows. Yeah, he has weird eyebrows. It wasn't like Kai Scodelario who was acting with her hair sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that like it's one of those movies where you can tell that it, there's this young cast who are really trying to prove themselves yep. and are really putting it all out there and kind of bonded when they were making it. And mm. and I can understand why people would get connected to the characters because mm-hmm. there's quite good characters that like have kind of one major characteristic but are more complicated than that characteristic because I remember all of the names of all of these people, yep. right? You and I, me. I, I do remember names quite well, but also I think it's because I liked – a lot of the characters, like I liked Minho, I really liked him. Yeah, um, I was really worried about him, and I think it's interesting, like because he's so reticent to mm. put forward any information or any opinions. He is just a runner. Yeah, um, and it is also a role that I think is quite 
unusual for Asian American Yeah, well, to have. he's playing a soldier, right? That idea of not putting forward any opinions but doing a particularly difficult and dangerous job mm. as a soldier, that's a Marine kind of attitude. And, and he's, yeah, he's Asian American, so this is not a role that – not normally that's that's a very much a white or black actor. Apart from the sidekick thing. Yeah. Which is which he is was, well, he, he was, was very sidekick, yes. He's but, very buff as well. Like he Yeah. yeah. Isn't he? He's lovely. He was gorgeous. <laughs> I thought he was gorgeous too. But that's often the role played by you you might often see like the noble black guy playing the role. It's a Sam Wilson kind of role. Yeah. Well, you know how Falcon, I feel about yeah. you know how I feel about Sam. Being a soldier like as a as a calling, as opposed to being the the general or the guy who's directing. But to be things. fair, Steve's a soldier too. Mm, yeah, Steve really has trouble it's, in the, Cap too. He, yeah, he really has trouble stepping up to that. He likes taking orders, not giving them. Right. I really enjoyed him. I thought he was great, and I really enjoyed. I think Thomas and Minho actually have really good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. In sort of that like bro TP kind of way. Like yeah, they yeah. Had they great, really do. Yeah, they do. They they have great they, chemistry. Actually, most of them had great chemistry. I think Dylan mm. and, and Thomas Brody Sangster also had good chemistry together. Definitely. Um, but when they had their scenes together, even though they didn't do a lot of anything apart from driving the plot forward, you could tell that they had that kind of connection. But they also mm. had – it was hard for them because Minho didn't want to get attached and he wanted to protect himself from things and he he he's much more because he's a soldier he's much more interested in like getting the mission done and then protecting himself rather than going out there and having his own ideas which is what dylan is all about uh, mm. <laughs> thomas is all about so yeah. so you, there was that they had a really interesting romance <laughs> yeah. going on like yeah, they yeah. were the guys they didn't get along initially um they sort of got along but they they had really different ideas of how to do things mm. and then it turned out that they worked well, really well I together mean, you know, mr darcy in this he's very quiet and reticent and he's a lot um more giving and smart than you know but he hides it all and has a particular way of dealing with the world because he's been hurt or you know because he's, and you see he's him done that hurt. to survive. You actually see him get hurt in the movie when his friend gets sick and then starts yeah. attacking people. Like you actually see that you actually see why he is the way he is, which mm. is really good, I think. I feel like it probably played out a lot better in a book. Probably. Um when you get to see people's sort of internal worlds a little bit more mm. and get to play that out a bit more, but I think also you needed I think they should have had more scenes in the maze with Thomas and Minho. More scenes of them getting around the maze because basically you're just told oh the whole thing is mapped and then you get what your first scene in and the then, maze which is killing the griever yeah. and then literally the second scene is in the maze is them going to find where they they know where they're going basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing because you kind of been... want more maze. It's not a maze if you know where you're going. Right. And also there was no danger. Even though there, there was the sliding, the fans, whatever they called, the blades. Mm. But there was no, that time when they were in there, there wasn't a huge sense of danger. Like there wasn't a, a particular sense of doom or that the, there might be a, a daytime griever wandering around or something like that. There was just, it wasn't, I didn't feel particularly worried for them in that scene either. Yeah. And I think like... Okay, it's called the Maze Runner. It should have a sense of what a maze, the feeling that a maze gives you. Yeah, which is the claustrophobic. And it does closing be claustrophobic. In. It does, but it's but, like, but there's also that whole walls are closing in thing. Like the whole thing where the maze moves every night. I love that concept, right? It's genuinely scary and it's also, it really does, if explored, gives you the idea of what a maze feels like. It's mm. like it changes every time you're there. Like Fishwick. Right. Which is what you said when we watched the movie. Yeah, so we have this theory. There's a suburb in Canberra, which has always been really hard to find your way around. 
And Katie's theory is that it's like they move it every night, move it around every night. So um, we understand this feeling. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the feeling that, that you should have felt that at some point in the movie. That kind of sense of of getting lost and getting confused and 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 shut in and scared. And I think even like the Harry Potter book when they had the maze did yep. that better. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that do that better where you you they should have them getting lost in the maze and getting confused and well, not having with the, with the, the way group, out. When and- the group goes in, like, it, so you see Minho and Thomas go through and it works fine for them. It should be harder for the group to get through. Like something should go wrong for them and they should be pushed up against not actually being able to get to where they'd been the day before and it not working for them. Yeah. So that would have been a more effective sort of ramping up of the storytelling. I think that's the thing that sort of left me a bit meh about this movie is that it's all very – like I think someone's put some time and effort into making it properly structured and put together and all that kind of stuff, but it's almost like the stakes aren't there. I feel like it's a little bit clinical and by the numbers yeah, in order just, to try and get you to to the places that it wants you to be. Yeah. Um. And I think if they had trusted a little bit more, because they put together a really good cast for this, apart from Caius Scottolario, they put together a really good cast for it mm. and they should have just put their faith in those guys to be able to express the story properly without because there's so many moments where I was laughing at some of the lines and some of the moments where you're Mm. like really come on this is ridiculous yeah and right down to the aliens that you'd seen before and the the little cute little fat kid and the the spiders the grievers whatever they're called Mm. which is almost the same name as the reavers from serenity and like you know they're they're all sort of none of nothing there's nothing in there I haven't seen before and what it doesn't do well that Hunger Games did so, so well, like crazy well for a movie, is the exposition. What yeah. Hunger Games does is it never tells you anything. Mm. It shows you everything. It never says to you, this is what the world is. It shows you what the world is in every step of the way. Yeah. Right? And the Maze Runner tells you. Yeah. We call them the Grievers. They kill you at nighttime. The maze does yeah, this. You the can't go into the that. maze. They needed more of show, less tell. Every single month, one of these comes up and somebody is in it. And then we also get supplies. Oh my God, this is the last one. She's the last. Like, you know, it tells you everything. Mm. Patricia Clarkson has an entire exposition monologue about the Murder Death Kill Society. <laughs> I can't I know. What a name. I can't remember what they were called, but Murder Death Killers from Judge Dredd or Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something Robo- like that, no. though. It's really Wait. stupid. De- Demolition Man. Right. Demolition Man is Robo- uh, is Murder Death Kill. But as soon as she said it, I was like, it's the Murder Death Kill Society. Because <laughs> um, it is, like, redundant like that. Um, and, and to be fair, they try really hard to make that sex position scene interesting by putting... Like, it, meanwhile, in the background, there's an invasion. Yeah, yeah. And it is really cool to see her sitting there, like, totally calm while that is happening. But then it turns out it didn't really happen anyway. Yeah. So you're like, really? That was the only cool thing about that scene and you took that away too? Yeah. It is kind of interesting to see, like, the ending kind of, it leaves it so open for a sequel, which yeah. it probably get, yeah, let's to be honest. I mean, it's two. not bad, so it'll probably it, get the... No, it's not. It's not. It's so it'll probably make, it'll probably make money, I guess. I don't really begrudge it that because I like the cast a lot yep. and because I feel like they deserve this exposure and this big chance for them. Yeah. But at the same time, it does feel a bit like a cynical cash grab based on the popularity of The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of what Divergent was like too. <laughs> and yeah. Ender's Game. 
which is not a book that should have really been adapted as a cynical cash grab based on the Hunger Games. Like, it doesn't work at all. No. Um, and so this kind of – this does work as that sort of thing, but at the same time they didn't – I don't know. They just didn't – I feel like they didn't put their faith in people working out the story and in – they they treated the audience like idiots, where Hunger Games doesn't treat the audience like idiots. Yep. And there weren't as many good, interesting concepts to grab onto. Like Hunger Games, the the ideas it's exploring are so interesting mm. um, about female agency and being a pawn and celebrity and all this sort of stuff. And this is exploring what mm. what boys are like together. We know what boys are like together. We've seen this movie 600 times. Mm. Yeah, what it's like to be the only girl in a group of boys. We've seen that before too. Yeah, and yeah, whereas having Hunger this special Games, boy that is smarter than all the other boys. Right, it, exactly, the chosen one. Whereas Hunger Games is, plays with the gender roles of, with Katniss and particularly Peter and what's his name, the other one? Um, Gail. Da- Gail, Liam Gail. Ne- uh, Liam, oh, Neeson? Said- Liam Hemsworth. They, it really explores the way gender and relationships work and things like that too, which is there's nothing to do here because this is – a configuration well, we've seen before. To be fair, I kind of liked the fact that there wasn't a relationship, although I felt like they were going that way with Thomas and and, and uh, Teresa. But at the same time, the whole time I watched them, I was like, I think she's secretly his sister. Well, there is that possibility. That's what I felt like is that she was actually his sister. That was Yeah, possibly. The other thing that they could have done but didn't is they have this diverse cast, but they basically treat it as colorblind. So they just they don't really explore any of the issues around the cast and their race and any of that kind of stuff. I don't think they would have, partly because of the fact that they all had their memories erased. Mm. So it wouldn't – the whole point was that they didn't come into it with any culture. Right. They didn't come into it with any personality. They didn't come into it with an identity. Mm. They came into it with whatever's inside yeah, them naturally. But, yeah, and they, but they could have explored the way the different groups had evolved within that society. Like there, there is that – was that possibility there, which was kind of – didn't they didn't really address it all but there's it's kind of lightly touched upon but like the runners and the gardeners and the you know different people i'm sure that's probably a bit more in the mind that didn't really bother me that much because yeah i think the fact that the idea of it was that you come into it with whatever you have mm. like i think there was they were kind of making a point with about nature versus nurture without making it mm. which is like you come into this with whatever natural skills and abilities you have as a person mm. um and that's what takes yeah. you anywhere in this society and mm. albie kind of created a society that worked for a lot of different personalities which is why I, w- I would like to watch just a whole thing about albie i think albie's fascinating yeah because he was sent there by himself he was there for a he month was alone the first one yeah and what he decided to do with that is just, he decided to make a self like an, an a functioning society that is self-governing and that f- like everybody has their own tasks mm. that works for a lot of people. I mean it's it's basically like a, it's communist. a communist dream. Yeah. <laughs> like and it functions really well. Yeah. And the fact that Thomas comes in and disrupts all of that, while I understand the rebelliousness and the need to explore and the curiousness, at the mm. same time I was like well, they managed for such a long time. And he's so – Albie is, is again, I understand that need to protect the people that he has. Mm. Like, he, it's his duty to protect everybody. Yeah, that, well, there's but a certain then, amount of obedience and, like, conformity that is required for, in order for the society to function smoothly. But then I think when he realizes that their only hope for a future is in Thomas yeah. getting everybody out, then he changes tack to wanting that. Yeah, because yeah. what he wants is for as many of them as to be safe 
as possible. Yeah. And I totally get – like, yeah. that's why I well, get Albie and Galley. that's what's different between Galley. Galley's ambition is a stable society and Albie's is – keeping people happy and safe like they're different they're different goals i still feel like galley really wanted that i think he wanted people to be like he still but he he prioritized that above he wasn't thinking about it rationally yeah he didn't have any rational thought about it he was just like this has worked for us and this guy's coming in and killing us yeah like he's getting us killed the the and he sort of he fights him like an infection yeah Right? Like, this is an infection and we need to get him out. Mm. Everybody, he, and he just sort of goes into attack mode. But I kind of, I really understand, like, I felt like Gally was a really good antagonist in that I totally understood his motivations the whole time. Uh-huh. I got where he was coming from. And he is more violent and more aggressive, but mm. I think that's what he came in with. He has right. more aggression in him and it made him a good runner. Yeah. You know? some. Um- you know, different masculinities. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we should probably give it marks. I feel like I talked way too much. Okay. Do you want to have anything else you want to say about it? Not really, no. I can't even – this is the thing. Like I, w- I woke up on Friday morning. I watched this Thursday night. I woke up Friday morning and I couldn't remember that I'd seen it. I, there are certain things – there are certain scenes that I remember really well. Mm-hmm. Like when he woke up, very effective scene, worked really well. I thought the maze looked great, which was another reason why I was disappointed that yeah. it wasn't used more. I, was, I really liked the um, the nighttime maze scene. That was good. I thought that was well done. Yeah, and there's something about the concrete structures and it all changing and in the metallic like being so massive, um, industrial noises of it all. Given the um, environmental background to the dystopia that we're in, mm. I liked all that uh, man-made, metallic, industrialized stuff going on that's the enemy kind and of there thing. were all these there were these exciting moments about the maze like when you first when Minho reveals his his map of the maze yeah and you're like wow and when you actually fly over it at the end and you're like wow it's this massive thing but you don't really get a sense of that i felt like they really missed an opportunity and they've done it in the publicity yeah all the publicity for it has been like great posters of the maze and bits of maze and mm. that and then yet it's so underused in the movie yeah yeah so i'm giving it two and a half what about you three stars fair enough do you want to do the wrap up or will i sure um thank you for listening to the silver screen queens podcast you can find us on all sorts of social media so if you'd like to find us on twitter you can tweet at screen underscore queens if you are more of a tumblr kind of person you can find us at silverscreenqueens.tumblr.com um if you would like to find us on facebook we are silver screen queens uh if you would like to read my review of the maze runner which will be up before you guys hear this i'm sure or if you would like to read my reviews of any other movies that i see during the year you can find that at uh silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com um have i missed any Oh, and you can find our website. Yes, with with show notes. With the show notes at silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.